Welcome to Food on Franklin, one of the top local food podcasts about the food on Franklin Avenue. Local and national podcasts, I would say. Available on iTunes, Form- nationwide and internationally. That's true. Formerly top 10 podcasts on iTunes. I haven't checked the most recent rankings, but at one time it was top there. 10. I don't know if they do those exact rankings anymore, but they've, maybe they've changed the, how can, they, they're calculated. You say that it's a top 10 podcast. Uh, yeah, so this is uh, our 10th our episode of Food and Franklin. It's a big one. Yep. A lot uh, of people have been asking me when this episode would come out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I got, we, we both have had long careers in the media, but in my experience, nothing gets people more excited than when they find out that I'm associated with Food on Franklin. I've had a lot of people that are stunned to learn that I'm the one of the people responsible for this podcast and people have heard of it. I think it's kind of become popular yeah. in Brooklyn, around the country. Um, and yeah, people, it's, it's touching the fan support. That's really nice when they, you know, they see it's the reaction. Kind of, it's realize. almost like the, it's like the experience from the make a wish foundation when you see in somebody's eyes, like, wow. Yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, I, I think it's similar to that. Definitely. They get excited, you know, their eyes open up and it's just, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a good, it's a good feeling. I think. It's a lot of recognition. Yeah. yeah. Um, so since this is our tenth episode, mm-hmm. I wanted to just take a take a look back at the podcast scene and how it's changed. Yeah, because we've been doing this for years now. We've been doing this for over three years now. Yeah, uh, we started podcasts weren't really a big thing. Yeah, we were probably one of the first major podcasters. We, um, I believe, I have to check the exact stats now. So we existed before Serial came out. Yeah, all of that. Um, you know, um, I can't think of a lot of podcasts. Serial. Uh, Prime Town. Prime Town. That was one, a popular one. We exist before Prime Town and Serial. You know, all the, uh, you, I won't denigrate anybody, but I'll say there's a lot of journalists today who have podcasts. That be- wasn't the case when we started. It's become a big thing. I think that people saw our success and, yeah. you know, saw how we were recognized and it really became... Mm-hmm. This huge new media thing, I think, is yeah. not directly because of us, but I think, you know. Right. It could just be a case of us seeing the future before other people. Yeah, which I don't even think we thought. I mean, I wasn't thinking like that. Then. I just thought yeah. this was sort of an exciting way to share our opinions and our thoughts and our expertise. Right. As we've said many times, we do this for the love of food. Yeah. Right. right. Not There's... for fame and, and yeah. recognition and, and things like no, that. It's not about the money or anything like that. It's about right. just, you know, right. for, for the love of the game, as they say. But to give you know to give you a sense of the money in the podcasting game today, that the company Gimlet that makes a lot of podcasts, right? Not our podcast, but other podcasts, sure. sold for I think two hundred, two hundred million dollars. I was going to say thirty million, but I think it's two hundred million. I believe it's two hundred million dollars right. to Spotify, right? To Spotify, yeah. So that's the kind of uh, money that's floating around the podcast world. Today. Yeah, you know, it's, it's crazy compared to some of the offers we've gotten, which were generous, I think. But you know, I didn't realize they're quite in the the nine-figure territory yeah i mean it might be time for us to to take a look out there in the business world once again i'd listen to offers you know i i would i would hear offers mm-hmm. from you know venture capitalist firms other you know spotify streaming platforms how should people get in touch with you uh they can they can email me at tcberman at gmail.com yeah um that's probably the best way right um and then we can go from there i can get you know I can give you a call for that or something. Rate but, sheets and and you know various sponsorship opportunities. We're always looking for sponsors. I think right. we've tried Although, in the past. You know we don't we we're not going to let somebody buy our loyalty. 
No, no, we're going to remain remain independent, you know, just because, say, Grape Nuts decides to sponsor us, it won't right. stop us from criticizing Grape Nuts or saying something actually bad about it, but right. I'm because still a fan. I think what listeners respect about us is our integrity, among other things. Yeah, and I think that, that, I think that the brands would appreciate that, too. That's why they listen to us. That's, the whole right. thing depends on that, the, the integrity right. of, the, of this podcast. So you could be a restaurant on Franklin, you could be a national restaurant brand you could be a national food brand or a culture brand yeah i think i mean you could be really anything i clothing shoes i I think we you know we we don't we're not picky about who wants to support Mm -hmm. our podcast you know yeah give uh give taylor an email and uh we can discuss that so yeah just want to get that out of the way up front because i you know the meat of this podcast is not about money no no it's never been about money but you know there are a few things that had to be set up so, yeah, it's good to get that out of the way. And yeah. I think, you know, podcasts, I think since we started ours, that's become a, a standard podcast. They do a sponsor spiel right. at the beginning. And we've never really done that because, again, it was not part of our initial plan. Right. In a sense, we've been giving people free value by not having commercials in this podcast. We get straight to the product, which is, I think, you know. Most podcasts, I think you have to subscribe to a premium tier right. to not hear the commercials. In our case, we give that to the fans for free. Right. So fans have actually been earning money the equivalent of money for yeah, years from it's us. Almost so. like they've been getting paid to listen, sort of. And I think that's, right. you know, I've never thought of it that way, but it's definitely, you know, it's true and another sort of benefit of being a yeah. Food and Franklin fan. That's right. We're all, we're a family. I yeah, think I think it's a family. family. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, over the years, we've talked about um, a lot of topics and we had a, a few things to talk about today. Yeah. One is just a thought that okay. I, I had. Um, I think I had this thought maybe a month ago, mm-hmm. and I wrote it down because it was so interesting, I thought. Yeah, I can you know? see your notes over there. That's good. Yeah, it's food related. And this is, I was eating a dessert, you know, I mm-hmm. think it was uh, maybe a cannoli, right? Okay. So you think of the filling of a cannoli. It's made out of some kind of, uh, you know, cheese like or cream, cream, cream thing. Yeah, cream-based cream filling. Yeah. And I started thinking about how is it that there's so many desserts that you can make out of just milk and sugar, basically, with some other ingredients, but mainly yeah. it's a milk and sugar. I think you need milk and sugar and like maybe eggs and something. Pudding, right? Yeah. Ice cream. Yeah. Whipped cream. Not really a full dessert, but flan. Flan. Um, you know, um, mousse. Mousse. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, what about like a what's in a donut? I don't even know what goes with the the cream filling inside a donut. Yeah. is definitely there's the trace leches donut, which three milks. Right. Yeah. So trace leches. Yeah. So how is it scientifically that only two ingredients, milk and sugar, can make so many desserts? It's a good question. You know, I, I don't know. I've never actually made a dessert with just those two things, but it's you know it is an impressive roster of desserts. I've never I've never broken it down just you know what's been made with milk and sugar and what hasn't been made. Yeah. What do you know of any desserts that don't have milk or sugar in them? Well, you know, uh, I don't know if a cookie has milk in it, does it? Maybe not. Might Depend- just have butter. Like a butter is but- kind of a form of milk, if if we're being honest about it. That's true. But uh, you know, there's other desserts like uh, you know churros. Does that have churros? Milk in it? Such as like fried yeah. dough, right? Yeah. So might be some milk in there. Not very much milk, though. It's more of a subset of desserts. Yeah. I wonder if chefs call call milk the wonder ingredient because of how many things you can turn out with it. It's probably, I mean, we, we have to ask a chef. Maybe one day we can have a chef on. If any yeah. celebrity chefs are on listening, we'd love to you know, yeah. have someone call in. 
Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I, I wonder what's more important, an egg or milk to a chef that makes dessert? Yeah, that's a good question for a chef. We yeah. should have a celebrity, not a, not like a local chef, but a celebrity we chef. Want, yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, a, someone... A well-known chef. Right, someone with a, you know, a huge platform that wants to, yeah. you know... We could, we'll arrange for them to come on the podcast and we'll yeah. say, you have to choose one, you know? Choose one. Maybe they can make us something with the item they choose. Eggs or milk, right? They yeah. can make us a, a variety of desserts, maybe, right. with milk in it. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Hopefully, again, tcberman at gmail.com. Hopefully, yeah. if any chefs listening will uh, could we'll, also we'll, could, you could weigh in, in a plug for their restaurant. Maybe we'd be happy to talk about your restaurant in the air and you can yeah. go there and have a free meal. That's right. So, um, uh, just an intro. You know, I just have food thoughts like that sometimes. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's good. It's sometimes I think that's one thing that we both, you know, hosting a podcast like this and mm-hmm. being this part of our obligation to, to share the world of thoughts, you, yeah. you find yourself pondering things that you maybe didn't otherwise before you had this job, you know? It's true. You yeah. can't turn it off. It's going 24-7. It's, it's always a part of you now, so. Yeah. Uh, so we'll move on. We'll move on to the next yeah, topic. We, I have we gotta, one. Yeah, I can see you got a few more things over there. I have another one. Well, this one is something we can both weigh in on because, uh, you know, we we both talked a lot about breakfast sandwiches yeah. over the years. Right. Not only on this podcast, but in writing right. and also just in conversation um, with anybody we come across. It might be the thing I've talked about most. Yeah. Um, and I thought I knew it all. Mm-hmm. I thought I knew everything about breakfast sandwiches. Right. But the other day, I went to a, you know, like a bagel store mm-hmm. for breakfast. And uh, I don't like bagels with egg and cheese. I think it's too much bread. You don't like bagels, yeah. Yeah. So I said, you know, do you have English muffins, which I do like to get my egg and cheese on. And they didn't, but they said we have Bialys. So I had an egg and cheese on a Bialy. Interesting. And it was surprisingly good. So a Bialy is basically just like a slumber sort of bagel-like pastry with uh, like onions on top, It's almost like if you cut the middle part out of a bagel. Mm -hmm. That's a little bit what it's like, you know? Would you say this is something you'd order again? I would order it again, you know. Yeah. Is it as good as an English muffin? I don't know, because an English muffin has nooks and crannies. You know, uh, but... I mean, I agree with the English muffin. I, th- I think we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Um, English muffin is often too small. Yeah. If you put more than one egg on an English muffin sandwich, it's going to be a little bit tricky to eat, especially if you have right. melted cheese. It makes it a little bit slippery. Yeah. Is it Bialy? Is that bigger? Is, it, is there more surface area? I would area say a Bialy is sturdier. Sturdy than an English muffin. That makes sense. It has a little bit of the sturdiness that you will find in a bagel. Like the same density of the But of it the bread. doesn't have the quantity of bread that you would find in a bagel. You know? Interesting. So, in that sense, it's the best of both worlds. If you had a choice between an English muffin and a Bialy, would you still go with an English muffin? I would now? still go with the English muffin because also I like the psychological effect of when it looks like the eggs are spilling out. Because you're like, wow, I got a big sandwich here. So it makes you you feel impressed. You you look down, and you go, wow, I'm having a giant yeah. sandwich. In I reality, feel like a big just... man, sort of. You know. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's that's one advantage of having an English muffin. Do you, but you wouldn't even even just for variety's sake, you wouldn't go back to the Bialy. I would, you know, yeah. I would switch it off, and I would say a Bialy is better for breakfast sandwiches than the popular roll. You know, the, the standard roll. The roll is my least favorite of the option. Sometimes you got to get it if you go to a bodega. It's all yeah. they have, and it's fine. But yeah. I agree, it's the least, the the worst option. I haven't yeah. complained about English muffins, actually, because I've been using them more often to make egg sandwiches here. Really? The little things on top, like that's the crumbs that come yeah. off the top. It's like, I don't even know what they are. You open the bag, you take yeah. one, you peel it apart, and you have 
It's like crumb, like dust everywhere. It's English muffin dust. I yeah, don't know what, what it is. is. That? I don't know dust. what it is. It's like a flour dust it could be on cornmeal, there. Cornmeal, maybe. Maybe it's cornmeal. I don't know, but it gets everywhere, and it's a. Another good question for a chef. What is that? We could show them the the English muffin dust and get them to clarify what exactly that is, and yeah. maybe give us tips on how. Maybe if you like wet it first, I don't know what the I don't know how to stop this from happening. Right. It's possible if you save it. If you saved an entire uh, package English muffin dust, you could make like grits out of it or something like that. That's actually a good idea. If you and grits also good with milk, so if you do yeah. it's sort of a savory breakfast dessert. That's right. Um, so that was interesting. Yeah, new I, development in breakfast sandwiches. You that's don't, you know you don't uh, come across that too much. I remember what you actually texted me and told me about that recently. I was that's a great idea. So I'm glad we kind of got to explore that more. Yeah, and uh, you know anybody who's listening who wants to weigh in on this or go out and order a Bialy breakfast sandwich yourself, let us know how it was tcberman at gmail.com mm -hmm. and uh, maybe we'll discuss some of the feedback we get on a future show. Um, yeah. Of course, we can't answer all of our feedback due to the volume of responses we get. No, you know, don't take it personally if we don't get back to you. I mean, yeah. It's nothing against you. It's just the sheer volume of food-related questions we get um, right. at some time. And also, we take our time with each response, so it's not like we're just throwing off, you know, yeah. random responses. Yeah, you know. but don't let that stop you, please. Uh, yeah, don't be deterred. Um, so the next thing on my list, mm -hmm. we're going to bring it back to Franklin Ave. We're going back to Franklin. You know, because I, we don't, we don't talk about it too much, but neither of us actually live near Franklin Ave anymore. Yeah. It's we're been, not going to reveal where we live for safety. Right. Sure. We don't want to, I mean, there were a few awkward run-ins. We both lived on Franklin that yeah. people would recognize us and there were some right. uncomfortable moments with some fans who weren't as cool as most of you are. Um, but yeah, neither of us live on Franklin anymore and it's, I think, I, it's been it's been a while since our last episode, and I've moved since then. I think we've moved before the last one, but mm -hmm. it's 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 tough. You know, I miss Franklin a lot, and obviously, it's yeah the ground I'm most familiar with as far as food is concerned. Um, yeah, we'll always be sort of spiritually connected to Franklin, and also our expertise yeah. is connected to Franklin. Right. But you know, to check in on what's happening on Franklin these days, there is a uh, uh, Roscoe's. Roscoe's popular. Pizza slice place. High quality pizza slice place. Pretty good. Pretty good pizza slice place and really convenient if you're walking back from yeah. the subway. You can pop in there and get slices on your way home. I really liked it. For $5, you know, you could get a great uh, slice with some fresh toppings. Like, yeah. It was really, a, I would say, a top quality slice joint. Great addition to any neighborhood. Yeah. Roscoe's. And then it, and then it was gone. It disappeared. Yeah. It uh, shut down sort of unexpectedly, as far as I know. And I, I tried to actually do some research. I talked to the bartender at Mayfield. Mm -hmm. and before we could get to the real juicy part of the story, he dropped a candle and got wax in his hand. And that was the end of that. So um, I, don't, I don't actually know. Convenient, I guess. It is convenient that he didn't get to, to you know, get to the real dirt of the story with me. But um, Did you yeah. feel like he was sort of trying to get out of the conversation before it got to the uncomfortable part? I, this was my third question in a row about it. So I think maybe he just didn't want to, you know, bore his friends. But yeah. And either way, it was there one day, and then it was gone the right. next. Um, but uh, now, in its place, what's in its place? Well, we actually had a tip about this, and this is part of the Food and Franklin Network. We mm -hmm. had a, 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 a friend, uh, a friend of the show, sent us a message saying that Ross was been replaced with a vegan pizza place, right. which was not what I expected. I, you know, they had the oven built in there. The place had been sort of built for some sort of pizzeria to take over. Yeah, seemed like a great deal. Yeah. But it was a vegan pizzeria place, which mm. I didn't even know existed. I know there are vegan options at places, but yeah. to have vegan only, 
I mean, I, I worked in a pizza place yeah, uh, I did when too. I was a younger man. And uh, I guess if you're making a vegan pizza, you know, you could make the dough would be the same and the sauce would be the same, except you couldn't put Parmesan or whatever in the sauce. Romano, which we used to put. You put that in the sauce. You, we used to put that at the place where I worked. You couldn't if you were a vegan place. Right, no, yeah. Okay. I didn't know the place to put cheese in the sauce, but that's a, that's but a I different guess the, topic. I guess the biggest difference is the cheese on top of the pizza. Yeah, I wonder, do they do fake cheese? Like, do they just have vegetables? You know, because, I mean, if you have a good marinara sauce, I guess you can kind of mm. make up for a lot, but... I feel like maybe if you had never had regular pizza and somebody gave you pizza without cheese, you'd be like, this is fine. Like, yeah. this is a good little appetizer, right. you know? But once you've had regular pizza, it seems hard to go back to not having cheese on your pizza. It's true. But then again, I mean, you're a vegetarian. You don't eat meat. And you're a pescatarian. I don't know exactly who you are. But you're not someone who eats yeah. burgers. Right. But you know, you know, veggie burgers now, people eat them even when they eat meat. And sometimes there's a taste alternative to a heavier meal. Do you think that now vegan pizza operates in the same sort of plane where people just go, oh, I'm, I'm feeling like I want to have a slightly healthier option today? I mean, not even craving pizza. And yeah. just go have vegan pizza. You know, I do eat cheese. You eat cheese. And I like cheese. Right. So for me personally, I've never pursued vegan pizza because that to me defeats the entire point of eating a piece of pizza, which is the cheese. It's true. However, you know, is vegan has vegan pizza reached the level of veggie burgers in terms of like or being on par? Veggie chicken nuggets too. Right. Yeah. Like fake chicken is like really good. Pretty Scientifically, good. they've gotten really close you to the like taste of regular chicken. Yeah. Like it's really good. I don't think that vegan pizza can be that good. Now that said, I've never eaten at this place. So Yeah, we I don't want to like, you know, give them a bad review because we haven't, right. we haven't been there and I don't want to, if you're, if you're curious and you're hungry on the way from home from work and you want to stop and get a slice of vegan pizza, yeah. try it. I don't know. Let us know how it is. Try it out. Send uh, us a review. I don't think I'll be eating it though. I, it doesn't sound like the kind of thing, the other, the other thing about Roscoe's was it always reminded me of like uh, do the right thing, you know? Oh, right. Sort of like that? a neighborhood slice joint. Yeah. But instead of like an older Italian guy, it was an old Grateful Dead fan that ran it. Yeah. But, you know, it was on a street in Brooklyn. Yeah. Slice joint on a street in Brooklyn. And in the summertime, there'd be a lot of people in there. They'd open up all the doors in front. Yeah, it was like a a great scene. A community, yeah. And I don't know if eating a slice of vegan pizza will really give you the same feeling as that. No, I don't think so. I don't don't think it will give you the same vibe at all. Um, So, yeah, an interesting choice to put it there. A little bit disappointing, in my opinion, without having tried it. Yeah, but you know, I, you know that that is sort of what I refer to as the and we've talked about this before, sort of the food triangle. So there's already Mayfield across the street and Guerrero's right. on the other side of the street. Right. So you have other options there if vegan pizza's not your that thing. That was the that was sort of the trifecta corner, yeah. the strongest corner intersection area of uh, food on Franklin. It was amazing what you could do there, food wise. Yeah. yeah, I mean that was a the quality of those three places on one block. Yes, yeah. I'll put that up against uh, any neighborhood in New York. Yeah, sure. Yeah. If you wanted a more expensive sit-down meal, you can go to Mayfield. Yeah. You can go to Guero's for slightly less expensive. It's still kind of pricey for three tacos. And if you yeah. want to go to budget, you go to Roscoe's. Right. Five bucks, a couple slices yeah. of dinner. So you could rotate day by day. Every day and not get sick of it. Twice twice a week rotation, and then one night you eat you eat, just eat some SpaghettiOs at home. Yeah. So you got you know have some sort of canned good. But yeah. you know now there's just only two options, really, unless you like vegan pizza. Yeah. And I don't know if it's symptomatic of a general decline in the quality of Franklin restaurants mm-hmm. since we left, 
I mean, I'm not sure if I'm prepared to say that, but I also am not prepared to not say that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's we can't really be sure either way why these Russians have changed and why the scene changed. I mean, maybe Russian tourists there don't feel like they'll be held accountable. I don't know mm -hmm. what the local journalism is there like for food, but yeah. it's definitely different. Um, Everybody, you know, it, it could also be that it's been a while since our last episode. And so the sort of the powers that be of the restaurant industry on Franklin have yeah. gotten a little complacent and said, you know, nobody's going to uh, call us out or... Yeah, there's no sort of national media presence that's going to hold us right. accountable and, you know, offer their honest, unfiltered thoughts about you know, right. our offerings for food. But, you know, we're, we're living proof today that that's not the case. You so. never know, just because it's been a while. You, you know, we're always around. We hear things. Like we said, yeah. we, have, we have tipsters on the ground feeding us information, sending us photos of new stuff, giving us reviews. You right. Know. I mean, if you walk down Franklin Ave at any given time, mm -hmm. anybody walking down that street could be a Food on Franklin tipster, fan... Yeah. Friend of the show. Definitely, yeah. You, you never know. It's, so you can never rest. I wouldn't say it's more likely than not that they are, but right. close to that. You know, it's not a, it's not a full 50%, right. but it's it's up there. It's not 100%, but it's, I would say, a majority. Although we haven't done a scientific We, we haven't. I don't, you know, it's been a while since our last, uh, you know, census there, but I think that it'd be close. You know, yeah. it's a lot of people. <clears throat> we can say that safely. So uh, I also had my, my, my final thing was a little bit of a, and if you have topics too, you, you can add them on. If no, I, I've enjoyed sort of riffing on your topics. It's okay. been a good change. But uh, I had a little bit of a brain teaser. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it qualifies as a brain teaser. It's not a trivia question. It's more of a, a, you know, eliciting your thoughts. Interesting. And so the question was, and I have this conversation a lot, you mm -hmm. know, um, when I'm talking about food. Right. Especially when I go to a different place. Sure. You know, you go to a different place and you see new things. And the question is... What restaurant, national restaurant, would you like to see on Franklin Ave if you could? So, it has, so any sort of national chain restaurant. So something. I think it has to be a chain. Okay. You know, it can't. You can't say you know. A I want to see like a, a regional chain, or can it be like a? It, it could be a regional chain. Okay. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I, I think immediately what comes to mind, and we're both from the South. I would mm -hmm. go for you know, I think having like a Waffle House would be great. So yeah. There's no really good late night breakfast place there there's no great yeah i mean even from like a patty melt or anything like that there's right. no good option there there's no good diner there's a diner very bad class in which is yeah. not great i don't like that place very low low quality diner. yeah it's you know if, if you're extremely drunk or tired it's okay but it's yeah. in, in, you've heard about this before diners are expensive so right. you, you know you don't just want to go to one waffle houses are almost always cheap right waffle house and is much cheap. better it's uh 24 hours you yeah. know I almost I was guessing that you might say Waffle House yeah. because it has a lot going for it. Yeah, I mean my other thing would be something like, like In and Out Burger or like even like a Shake Shack, mm -hmm. which is not that far, but just having like an easy sort of fast foody place. Even a Wendy's, I would say, would be a thrilling addition to food mm -hmm. to, to Franklin. I don't know about that, but you know, I this do is think my that opinion. You know, it's not just right. There's no there's no wrong answer. Right. You know, I do think that I don't know the economics of the restaurant industry that well, but mm -hmm. I feel like if you open a Waffle House in Brooklyn. You know, you're gonna clean you're up. A millionaire. You're gonna, yeah. yeah, you're gonna be rich overnight. I mean, if there's a Waffle House on Franklin Ave, Waffle Houses, I think they're twenty, they're twenty four hours, right? Twenty four hours. They never close. They never close. Everything on the menu is like seven dollars yeah. for a big plate of eggs and grits. If you, yeah, if you if you if four table, if you could have four people there in your building, thirty five bucks. There's no right. way you can spend more than that. You, know, you can go through. You can absolutely bottomless coffee. You know, a waffle, eggs, grits, cheese eggs. 
patty melt. They have uh, Texas bacon cheesesteaks now, which is like a thicker Texas toast. Oh, and, yeah. it's really and it's a it's a good if you're there for dinner or lunch. It's a good option. But uh, yeah, it's a yeah they they do offer dinner and lunch too, and they have the uh, the hash browns that you can get toppings on. Seven different options for toppings, and then right. they've done the math, which I haven't checked myself. And it's like over a million possibilities total if you do some more of a combination between size and wow. So it'd be a good addition, and I think a lot about why it has been added to you know, northern cities. But anyway, what, did you have something in mind? Uh, well, my answer would be it's also a regional chain, but it's it's mostly out west, and it's called Rubio's Fish Tacos. Rubio's Fish Tacos. I don't know if you ever. It, it's in Cali. It's a chain in Cali. It's just like when it's in like one city in Cali. Or no, like it's all a, across it, California. It's, it's across at least across Southern California, and I think it goes all the way up to San Francisco. Okay. It's it's essentially a chain of fish taco joints. And only there's fish also, tacos. There's also one on the Vegas Strip in the food court in the Mirage. I believe. Oh wow! Okay, so this, so, is, this is big time. It's not uh, it's not a fancy you know it's a it's a takeout fish taco place, but they have I think the best fish tacos that I've ever had anywhere. Better than Guero's? Better than Guero's. They're cheap. I mean, they're like they're priced like more like fast food than like uh, like four dollars or less or what? What's what's yeah. a taco? Yeah, I think it's it some it might even be less than three dollars for the classic just regular fish taco, and then they have like all the salsas and stuff oh, so you in a bar. Do your own sauces. That you can put your topping. I like that a lot, but it's also for sanitary reasons. I get a little freaked out sometimes. I worry about how clean it is, but it is nice to sort of yeah because I, I find that. Lots of fast food places will have trouble with putting the right amount of sauce on. Right. Too much, not enough. You never know. It's nice to have control. Yeah. But, but here's something that that might shock you mm-hmm. and our listeners. I've never had a fish taco before. <laughs> wow. Never had a I fish am taco. shocked. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, to give a peek behind the scenes, before I came over here today, we were texting back and forth about what to talk about. Right. And I said, maybe we'll talk about fish tacos. Well, you I, said, uh, sure, you know, Yeah. but you didn't give any clue that you had never had it. I thought it would be an exciting on-air reveal. I did. Wow. I, I wanted, I mean, you're, his face right now, genuinely shocked. And yeah. I, wa- I wanted this to come through on the air and, um, it's, it's mostly, I don't like seafood. I'm not a big fish person in general. I, if, if, if I were to go to your home and you prepared fish tacos, or if you owned the world's most famous fish taco place that was yeah. in Hawaii or wherever, I'd happily eat one. <coughs> Bless you. Excuse me. Um, but I would not, you know, for instance, if I were in a food court in Vegas, right. I would not go to the fish taco place. Even if it, and I believe when you say this, the best fish tacos you've ever had, still not enough for me. So you've never had a fish taco at Chilo's, which is, by the way, located on Franklin Ave. The, I've, I, no, I've, I've had like a different regular land meat tacos there. Because they actually have the best fish tacos in Brooklyn. And that, this place is owned by Mayfield, correct? It's just the same one I'm I thinking think of. I think so, yeah. yeah. They have a taco truck in the backyard of the bar. Actually, I heard one celebrity owned that. I forget which one. Maybe mm-hmm. not. Maybe the co-owner or something. Maybe they just eat there a lot. But yeah, I've never had a fish taco. I respect the fish taco. Wow. It looks like a tasty, you know, healthiest treat. And also, you know, if I ate one, if I ate them in general, I think it would be a nice yeah. alternative to like your standard run-of-the-mill tacos. And also, I, I mean, don't. the thing is, there's, you know, some fish tacos are sort of like the, like, broiled fish or yeah. whatever but the good fish tacos are fried it's a piece of fried fish do you know what kind of fish it is i think it's usually like cod or haddock like a white fish yeah. you know and so you're eating a lot of fry yes okay. so it's All not the a same. super fishy you know taste right in like the best fish tacos like rubio's and chilo's it's basically like 
a good fried thing. A tortilla around a huge piece of fried fish with a bunch of sauce on it. When, when's the last time you had like a chicken finger? It's probably been a long time. It's been a while. Would, yeah. Do you Although remember I, what it's I, like? I, I cheat once in a while. Yeah. I know. saw you eat chicken once. So I, I, I swore in secrecy, but I saw you do it. Yeah. Every once in a while, I have to cheat a little bit. So yeah, I do know what a chicken finger tastes like. How similar is a fish taco to a chicken finger taco? Um, if you can imagine what a I don't think I would order chicken a chicken finger. finger taco, first of all. Is that something that you eat? Well, it's not called that. They have it actually at Guero's. It's a fried chicken taco. Okay. It's essentially a fried chicken finger inside right. with the ranch and whatnot. Sort of reminds me of like a food that a child would design. Like a, it's sort of like a dream. Yeah, if, if you like tacos and chicken fingers and you're right. a child, you might make right. that. Um, I think, well, I can sympathize with you because I do think that seafood is one of those things that you either like it or you don't. Yeah. You know? Like you can't. You can't litigate that. Well, you I mean, know? you grew up in a coastal area. I grew up in a landlocked city. Yeah. My, my parents weren't from there, you know, from areas right. a lot of seafood. I think, you know, nothing against it. And again, if I were in a scenario where, you know, I met a chef who had, who was, you know, won awards for fish tacos, I would definitely try yeah. one of their fish tacos. Do you think coming from Georgia, are you a big venison fan? You like? I'm not sure if I've had venison before. I've had... Mm-hmm. Uh, Growing up, a lot of deer. Out I haven't there. had a lot of weird game. I had pheasant once, like pheasant mm-hmm. stew or something. It's fine. Uh, well, you have a lot of things to look forward to. That's one way to look at it, you know? Yeah, it's exciting. You know, I think as I get older in life, it's sort of like, you know, there's, there's a whole world of food that awaits me. And I think that lots of people, if you grew up eating fish, mm-hmm. there's nothing to look forward to. I mean, if you, if you grew up eating everything, yeah. whatever. But now, as I, you know... My yeah. middle age and my older years, when I retire, I can maybe go around the world and eat fish for the first time and really just have this sort of right. energizing so, feeling. Whole new life. You know, and you can tiptoe into it with fried seafood. Yeah. Because any fried food kind of erases the taste. Yeah. So, you know, start out, what about shrimp? Do you like shrimp? I've had a shrimp before. I mean, my thing with seafood is all the seafood I've had has just been fine. It's like, whatever. Like, I've, I've had crab. Right. I've had fried oysters. I've had... Yeah. Salmon, I've had, uh, I tried lobster once. It's all like, okay, whatever. So you've sampled seafood like once for each type of seafood. I wouldn't say I've had every every seafood there right. is, but I've had many seafoods. Um, and, you know, it's, it's fine. Right. But it's, not, it's nothing I've ever tried. It's been like, oh, that's delicious. I want to go into it. But I think, you know, I'm, I'm also, I don't know. I, I'm not sure I'm there mentally yet to fully embrace it. You know, it's it's uh, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's my problem. It's a psychological issue that, you know, eventually I think I'll get there, hopefully. But if not... I mean, it might be that you need to spend food. more time in in sort of beach areas where seafood it's is like, like a, the primary food. A seafood like therapy, that you can yeah. Find. And yeah. If you're not eating seafood, you're going to be hungry. I've thought yeah. often if I were like stuck in an island and I had to like live off the fish, yeah, would I die? I don't think so. I think I'd start eating fish. So yeah, like on Gilligan's Island, all they had was coconuts. Remember? Yeah. They made they made coconut cream pie. I don't, I don't really like they coconut made, very much either, so I'd probably just I might go for fish. Exactly, but this the same principle. Yeah, that, you, you know, make do. They had to learn to like coconut cream pie. Did they actually make pie on that show? They did, and you know they never explained how you could actually make coconut cream pie just out of coconut. To bring it full circle, I think you need milk and sugar, and I don't know where they'll get either. Well, you can use coconut milk. So oh, I forgot this milk. That's within the it's coconut. It's not really real coconut. But how do you make the crust? You know. It's a good question. I don't know. So, was it was that our final topic for from your notes? That was it. That that was uh, that was my final topic, and we we kind of left it on a mysterious note too. I so. I think that's a good that's a good way to end. I think this has been a successful yeah. episode. You know, it's been people have asked us. They said it's been you know over a year, maybe yeah. two years since your last episode. Are you worried you've lost it? We get nervous. Uh, yeah. does, does the microphone even still work? You know. Right. Uh, and the answer clearly is no. 
we laid were, that to rest yeah, definitively so, today. And, you know, it feels good to be back. And I just want to, you know, also say thank you to you, Hamilton, for, you know, being my co-host and also to our listeners, of course. I don't think any of this would be possible That's without right. them, it's, without our many it's fans. All, ultimately, it's all about the fans and about the food on Franklin. It's a, Yeah, none of this would have happened without the food. Um, so, yeah, so we got to be thankful for the food. And, and uh, you know, don't feel free if you want to tweet uh or email tcberman at gmail.com your reactions to this episode, or yeah. even your sort of thoughts about the the entire 10-episode run of Food on Franklin. I'd um, love to hear from you. Yeah, I'm on Twitter. You can, my email, tcberman at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, yeah, email. Great to hear, hear from you guys. And yeah, another right. successful episode. Thanks Great. for listening. Bye-bye.